Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. I do want us to, you know, there are times in messages where I really believe it's important. Obviously, everything should be practical. The Bible is practical. It's for today. And some of the messages definitely deal with maybe uh, challenging us as far as maybe reading the Bible, our walk with God, uh, different aspects of our relationship with the Lord. But over the next month, I want us to obviously consider our own heart and our own souls. But let's also consider other people, too. You know, sometimes churches can get so wrapped up in themselves, they forget there's a lost world out there. And we don't want to ever do that. We want to remember that there's a commission given to us as a church, as Christians, we're to take the gospel out. Uh, And once you know Christ, you can share Christ with someone else. And that's what I want to talk about this month. Really focus on taking the gospel out. Of course, making sure that our heart is right with God, but looking to be a witness to other people as we go through our days and as God leads us as we go through our life. And so this morning, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, what I want to talk about today is the, the great task before us, the great task before us. You know, the commission is given here, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, tells us they were to go all to the world. We'll talk about where they're to go here in a little bit. We find it in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, uh, they're to go to the world to take the gospel out. to. And Mark chapter 16 says to every creature, they're to take the gospel out to every creature, everyone. We're to take the gospel out to everyone. Now you think about that, that's a big task. And I think every single generation, every church is responsible for carrying that fulfillment out. Now how big is that task? Well, today in 2022, uh, as of this morning, I looked it up this morning so I could try to be as accurate as possible, uh, the world's population is 7.97 billion people. I can't even wrap my head around that number. 7.97 billion people. It's estimated by the, by the middle of November that it'll, it'll hit 8 billion people. That's the estimate. Folks, that's a lot of people, is it not? That's a lot of souls. And those souls are going to spend eternity somewhere. Now, it's difficult sometimes to see how big the job is. But I, I do think we need to be reminded of this task. And this morning, I do believe we can carry it out. Because, you know, when you think about it, it's like, wow, how can we reach the world? How can we do this? Now, uh, praise the Lord, we're not alone. Okay, we have other churches. I thank the Lord for other other Christians, other uh, sound churches that are also working and missionaries going out. You know, I've often thought, could you imagine being the apostles getting this commission? I mean, it wasn't like there were churches in other towns. They were the first church, and they were to go out. And so praise the Lord. God bless them. God can bless us as well. And that's the encouragement to us. But this morning, I just have three thoughts that I want to share with you from this passage. And the first one is I want to talk about the power of God. Because we cannot carry out this task without God's power. It just can't be done. Uh, now, we can try to do a lot on our own. Uh, I have found out in my own life when I try to do things on my own, I usually make a mess of things. Is what ends up happening. You know, even as a pastor, I, I have made my mistakes. I thank the Lord for the church that's been patient. Because I've made my mistakes where I, uh, you know, did things my own power and strength. Oh, this is going to work out great. And was only humbled to find out it was, it was just my idea. And it was just a good idea. You see, when we do things in the power of God, then things, God works. God's involved. And if we're going to carry out the 
commission, if we're going to take the gospel of the world, we have to do it in the power of God. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Let me point out to you what he says here. Uh, verse 7, he says, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Okay, let me point this out to you first. There are things in God's power that's not for us. All right? This is a good question they asked. They wanted to know, are you going to establish the kingdom? Is it is the time now? And he says, it's not time. That's in God's power. That's in his time. You know, so we don't need to worry about when God's going to establish his kingdom. He's going to do that. He's going to return. We know that. The, the Bible has already given us that promise. Christ has promised to return. That's going to happen. But then he goes on to say, this is your responsibility now. He says here in verse 8, but ye shall receive power out of the Holy Ghost come upon you. And then he gives the commission there. You shall be witnesses. And then he gives the plan, as we'll talk about here in a minute. But notice he says the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost. See, that, that's the key there. He didn't say go out and do this in your own strength, in your own might. And the way you think is best, he says, you're going to receive power from the Holy Ghost. And then you're to go out. Now, we know in Acts chapter 2, I'll just turn over there. And this is where we see the the Holy Spirit empowering the church. It says here in verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues uh, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, if you read the rest of that passage, you're going to find they used the gift God gave them to preach the gospel, is what they did. And they could be understood in other languages. That, that, that was the amazing thing. That'd be like if we had a group of people here, everyone spoke a different language, and as I preached, everyone could understand me. That, that's just what happened. The Holy Spirit took it. And he allowed them to be understood in the different tongues and the languages. And so that's what happened on that day. See, what we find is when the Spirit empowered the church, he gave them the power to do the work that God had for them. And he is still empowering churches today to do the work that he has for us. But here's some thoughts here on the power of the Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit has power to change lives? He has power to change a life. If you're saved here this morning, he has changed your life. And that's the power he has. You know the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 5, tells us that the Holy Spirit is the one who washes and regenerates the heart. He washes and regenerates the heart. In other words, it's the Spirit, the work of the Spirit in your heart when you believe on Christ. It's the Spirit that washes your heart, regenerates it, and gives you a new life. And with that new life, you know, 1 Corinthians 5 talks about the new life. We're now new creatures in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. With that new life, you have what we would call the old things that should be set aside, that are in the past. Uh, perhaps the old ways, the old ideas, the old thoughts, because you're given a new life. And with that new life, you have a new direction. You know, once you're saved, you have a new purpose on earth. That's to glorify God. You've been brought into God's family. You belong to God. 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. All to the glory of God. I heard it said this way once, If you can't do it to God's glory, then you probably should not be doing it. But if you can do it to God's glory, then do it to God's glory. You know, that covers life pretty much. That's, That's a good verse to test things by as you go through life. And as Christians, the Holy Spirit empowers us to glorify God now. We get a new life. We can now live unto the Lord new things, new direction. New right now, new here on earth, not just in heaven, but new on earth. And then, of course, later we have eternal life to look forward to. You know, some of the songs we sang this morning talking about our eternal life. 
Seeing the Lord return. I'm excited for that. That's the future we have, and that's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. But let me give you a thought here, too. You know, the Holy Spirit can give you power to carry out God's work. In other words, to, to carry out the commission that we have before us. It's because the Holy Spirit is the one who changes lives. Let me give you something to consider here this morning. I can't change a life. I can't. You can't change a life. Now believe me, I have, have wanted to. I have some friends. I'm not a violent person, okay? But there have been some friends I thought, man, I wish I could just shake you. And make you realize what you're doing. Can't you just see your, your, what you, your life is miserable because you don't know Christ. That's why you have all these problems. That's why you have all these concerns and these cares because you're without Christ. And I wish I could change a life, but that's between them and God. But I tell you this, I can tell them how their life can be changed. And that's, Bible teaches, of course, repentance and faith. Believing on Jesus Christ. As your Savior. Now, salvation is simple. It, well, John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, it goes on to tell us that we're condemned already. In other words, we're sinners. We're already condemned. Christ didn't come into the world to condemn us. He came because we are condemned. He came to save a world of sinners. You see, we're already condemned because of our sinful nature and our sin before God, and there's nothing we can do about that. Nobody has the power to erase their sin. Someone may say, well, I can live good from this point on. I don't think so. But let's just say, for instance, you did. How about the sins of the past? You're still accountable for those. You see, that's where we need a Savior. We need forgiveness. And that's where Jesus Christ comes in. He was sent. You know, I really believe if there was another way, God would have done it. I don't think he would have sent his son to die on the cross if there would have been another way. That's the only way for salvation. There had to be a payment for sin. And so he died upon the cross so that way sinners can be saved. So you can be saved here this morning. And once you understand your need for a Savior, then it falls into what we would call the, once you have that understanding, then, then the faith comes in. Because you can get to that point and not be saved. I know people today who know about Christ, probably have a great understanding of the Bible, some of them. But they've never received him into their heart. They've never believed on him for their personal salvation. And that's the next step. So make sure that you have received Christ as your Savior, understood your sin, and believed on Christ. That, that can be taken care of this morning. You can be saved this morning and know Christ as your Savior. If that's something that needs to be done, I encourage you to get that settled. Because once that takes place, the Holy Spirit comes in, resides in your heart. You're now the temple of the, of the Holy Spirit or the temple of the living God, we find in 1 Corinthians. In other words, the Holy Spirit resides within you now. Begin to work and to bless you. And that leads me to my next thought here this morning. And that's why I want to get back to our passage. And that's the plan of God. Okay, We have to have the Spirit to carry out the plan. We have to have the power of the Spirit to go the next level. Which is to tell people about Christ. And to be able to see others saved and lives changed. And by the way, I think that's the answer to the problems of our country today. It's not education, which I'm all for. You know, school's starting up. Encourage everyone to, all you students, work hard. Do the best you can. But the answer to problems that our world needs is not reform or education. It's Christ. We need redemption. People need to be saved. 
get right with the Lord. And once that takes place, then we'll see revival and lives changed. And so that's the prayer. I'm going to ask the church to continue to pray. Let's pray for revival. That's what we're praying for. Revival here in our city, revival here in our church, revival here in our country. But let's look at the plan now. He goes to Acts chapter 1, and he gives us the plan. He says, you shall receive power. So the power comes. Once the power, you once you know the Spirit, it says, uh, the Holy Ghost come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. You know, it's pretty simple. He says, you shall be witnesses of me. Uh, last week we talked about witnesses, so I'm not going to get too much into that this morning. Uh, we'll talk more about the plan before us here laid out. But we are to be witnesses. Share with others what Christ has done for you. You can be a witness of your experience. You're saved. You can tell someone else, hey, this is how you can be saved. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to, to be a witness. You just got to know what Christ has done for you. And tell someone else how Christ has blessed you with salvation. But let's look here at the plan. Notice he has four years. First, Jerusalem. We begin with here. He says here, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. So I want to talk about Jerusalem first. Uh, this was the capital city of the nation. Uh, more than anything else, this is where they were. Okay, this is where they were to wait, and this is where they were residing at the moment. Now, most of them were from Galilee. They weren't from Jerusalem, but this is where they lived at the moment. He says, you're going to have to begin right where you are. That's where you begin. And so this is the city where Christ was crucified. This is the city where they were hiding behind the doors afterwards because they're scared. This is the city where Peter made his mistake and denied Christ and went and wept bitterly. So this was a city where they had a lot of difficulties and trials. Christ says that's where you got to start, right where you are. So they were commanded to reach their city. They were to take the gospel to their family members that were in the city. They were to take the gospel to their friends that were in the city. They were to take the gospel to their neighbors that were in the city, their co-workers, even their enemies. They were to take the gospel to everyone in that city, where they resided, where they shopped, where they were entertained, every road that they walked on, every neighborhood that they visited, they were to take the gospel to those that lived within that city. Now that's important, all right, because that's where we're to begin. That's where we're to begin. We're to begin right where we are. I want to encourage you to be a witness right where you are today. With your family. Start with your family. Uh, you know, I have people in my family that I believe are lost. Some I know are lost. They flat out told me that. I pray God will just give me another opportunity to be a witness to them. Because that's what's needed. I heard someone put it this way once. If you're not willing to go to your family, don't expect someone else to go. It's your family. God's given them to you. Now, family can be difficult to deal with. That's the problem sometimes, witnessing to those that are lost within our family. But that's where we're to begin. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will give us wisdom, opportunity, and then we'll witness to them. But start where you are. How about where you work? Start right there. You can be a testimony at work. Now, I know today, in our culture, you know, it might be a little more difficult to express your faith at, at places. That's why we're to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, right? Look for opportunities. Pray for opportunities. Pray for chances to share the gospel with those that you work with. How about your neighborhood? Your neighbors, do they know about Christ? Share Christ with them. You should just begin where you are. Begin with those that are around you. And so the question for you this morning is, are you reaching your Jerusalem? Are you reaching your Jerusalem? You know, your Jerusalem might be different than mine. Might be different than the person sitting behind you or in front of you, but it's yours. And God's given you a place where you can be a missionary, where you can take the gospel to those that are lost and those that need hope and they need help. And by the way, here's a little tip. You know, if you see someone, one way you can start with today 
You could, and I, I've done this recently, and it's it's something I think our world needs. People need hope today because there's a lot of discouragement. And you can share that with someone. Say, hey, you need hope. I, I've I've done that in a grocery store, and someone looked at me and said, "Well, yeah, I do." Opens the door. Share the gospel. Give them a track. You see, people are discouraged today. Some, some they're not going to come out and tell you that, but people are. Christ offers the hope that we need for everybody. And so we have opportunities to share the gospel. So they, they started there in Jerusalem. Now let's talk about Judea. That, that was the second one here. It says in Judea. We find here, combine you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea. Uh, Judea was the southern portion of the land of Israel. Uh, Jerusalem was the capital city of Judea. Basically, if you notice, the, the circle is to widen. That's what it is. Or to start where they are and then to go out. In other words, uh, as Christians, we're not to reach those around us and then say, oh, my job's done. Uh, I guess I get a kickback for the rest of time and wait till I go to heaven. No, we're to, to, to broaden our circle. Just keep going out. Keep going out as far as, as far as the region, uh, you know, as far as, like I say, geographically, you can start in your neighborhood and then just keep expanding out. Look for opportunities to others. That's the thought here. Or, or as far as people you know, you can begin talking to strangers. Good places filling up with gas. Everyone's just sitting around waiting till their tank gets filled up. Opportunity you can share the gospel with somebody. You see, just broaden. Go out a little bit. Be willing to broaden your circle so that way you can tell people about Christ. Here, here's some thoughts here. First, this required a little bit more effort is what this required. They were to leave the city and they were to go out into Judea. It required a little bit more effort and a little bit more sacrifice. You know, when you read through the book of Acts, they struggled with this. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not glad they struggled. Let me point this out. I'm not glad they struggled, but I am encouraged because there are times I struggle with broadening out sometimes in different areas. And so I think as Christians, we all deal with this at times. It's easy just to get comfortable when we need to, to go out. And that's what happened here with them. They got comfortable, I think, even though they had some trials and troubles. They were comfortable in Jerusalem, and then the Lord allowed persecution to come. And they spread out quickly and they went out. But they did go out eventually. Uh, my thought on this, this is probably for a different message, but you know God knows how to motivate us. He knows how to move us. And He knew how to move them. And He moved them out and they went out. So what we find is they took the gospel out a little bit further. They had to travel. You know, it may be a little bit more difficult for you to share it with someone else. Also, as far as technology, they were limited in technology. Uh, we've been blessed with technology. But they used what they had to share the gospel. Use what you have to share the gospel. Use the technology God's blessed you with or the talents you have to share the gospel. Also, there were probably a little more discouragements. We read that there were some trials and troubles. You know, uh, a thought here is, you know, the farther the farther you go out into the world, the more you're going to deal with the world. So you're going to run into some problems. You're going to run into some trials. And they ran into those. But you know what? They, they used... Obviously, the commission and the power of God to spread the gospel. And I just want to encourage you to look for opportunities where you can share the gospel. I'm going to give you an illustration. Fanny Crosby, she's uh, the lady who wrote several, several poems and several of the hymns we still sing today. And there's a story behind the hymn, Rescue the Perishing, which is interesting. Uh, what it amounted to, she was blind. But she didn't let her blindness prevent her from sharing the gospel. And she, in her autobiography, talked about how she looked for ways to share the gospel with others. And one of the ways that she found was she went down to a a mission home, is what it was called. And it was a home where they had orphans and poor poor, uh, people were there. 
that uh, as far as children that had no homes or nowhere to stay. And she went down there. She began teaching a class. And she specifically taught a class of boys, young boys and teenagers. Uh, after a while, she began to refer to them as her boys. She would go down there once a week and teach them. Well, she went down there one day and she was teaching them. And she said that the Lord put upon her heart that there was someone just, she just said, she just burdened that someone there was struggling. And so in her own story, here's what she said. She said, that night while I was speaking to those boys, she goes, I just felt one of them was struggling. And here's what I told them. She said, I said, you know, maybe there's someone here who's been wandering away. You've wandered away. And you know you're not living the way you're supposed to. You know you're not right with God. And you're going to hurt your family. You're going to hurt your friends the way you're living. And don't you want to get things right tonight? Well, she ended her lesson. Afterwards, one of the boys came up to her, a teenager, and she said, he said, uh, Miss Crosby, he said, uh, did you mean me? And she said, uh, I don't know. And then here's what he told her. He said, I promised my mother years ago that I'd meet her in heaven. He said, but as I, the way I'm living now, I know that's impossible. She said, well, you can make that possible. She shared the gospel, and he accepted Christ as his Savior there. Afterwards, when he left, he said, Now I know I'm ready to meet my mom in heaven. You see, look for opportunities to share the gospel. That's all she did. She went to a place where she could teach some boys. Boys in need. And she was able not only to lead him, but she led many others to Christ. Just look for opportunities. And be willing to maybe sacrifice some time. Some energy to be a witness. You know, the, the third one here is Samaria. Uh, this is the interesting one here to me because Samaria, this, this, uh, this is relevant today. Let me share this with you. The Samaritans and the Jews did not get along. They were enemies. They did not get along. Let, let me share with you how serious this was. Samaria was the, between Galilee if you look at a map, you'd have Galilee up north, Samaria in the middle, and you'd have Judea down below. There were three ways that you could travel from Judea to Galilee. One went right through the middle. It was the quickest, the fastest, went right through Samaria up to Galilee. The other one went way around the coast. The other one went on the other side of the Jordan River, pretty much in, you know, way around each side. The Jews would never travel down the middle. They just wouldn't do it. Because they wouldn't go into Samaria. They'd rather go way around and extend their trip. And that's why when you read the Gospels, when Christ went through Samaria, that's, that was a big deal. That was a big deal because he was going through an area that they just, they didn't have any, any desire to go through. Now, by the way, the feeling was mutual too. The Samaritans didn't like the Jews either. So it wasn't just one-sided. It was both-sided. You had, what you had was a division there. A division. There was a deep hatred between these two groups. They didn't like each other. They didn't care for each other, and they did not like each other at all. Isn't it interesting that Christ said you need to go to them too? You need to go to them too? You know, Jesus Christ, in Matthew 5.44, says that we should pray for our enemies. Not just for those that are our friends and that we're at peace with, but we're to pray for our enemies, those who despitefully use us, it says there. Also, we find on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So not only did he challenge us to pray for our enemies, but he himself led it by example. So here's what we have here. They were not to pick and choose who they were to take the gospel to. They were just to take the gospel out to everyone, even those that disagreed with them. Okay, you know, I said this is relevant today. We live in a what I call a divided country right now, a divided country. 
You know, the devil's done that. I think he's the one behind all this. Obviously, there's all sorts of problems. But the devils he's good at dividing. That's what he does. He divides. And that's what he's done in our country today. You can divide our country. There, there's racial divisions. There's political divisions. There's what you'd call uh, what I, financial divisions, upper class, middle class. We have a lot of divisions in our country. Now, as a church, we got to ignore those things. I'm just going to tell you, we got to set those aside. And we got to take the gospel to everyone. That's what we got to do because it's not up to us to look and say, well, I think the gospel's for you or, or not for you. No, that's up to Christ to work in the heart. It's up to us to take the gospel out. And that's what Christ commanded us to do. Uh, it's interesting, you know, in the apostles, there was uh, Simon the Zealot. And then you had on this side Matthew who worked for the Roman Empire. That'd be like taking a far left Democrat today and a far right Republican and putting them together. Can you imagine the conversations they had? I don't know the conversations they would have, but I can think of the ones that would be going on today. Folks, we can't look at political division and say, well, you know, uh, just because you agree with me, I'm going to take the gospel to you. No, we've got to take the gospel to everyone, whether they agree with it or, or agree with us or disagree with us. They have a soul, and that soul is important. Uh, I'm going to talk about r- racial issues, too. We find that in our country today. You know, we're not to look at one group of people based upon the color of their skin or the color of their eyes or where they're from and say, oh, they need the gospel. No, everyone needs the gospel. Now, I can say this. I'm, I, I'm Mexican, so I can say this, and I think I get away with it. I'll be all right here. I know some Mexicans that I would trust with my life. Then I know some Mexicans I would run away from and not trust at all. And it has nothing to do with the color of their skin at all. Folks, what we need to do is take the gospel to each and every person. You know what? We all go back to Adam and Eve. We're all, we're all the same human race. It's the devil who's created these divisions. We're all the same human race. Now, do we all look the same? No. And that's a blessing. We shouldn't want to look the same. We're all different. God's created us unique, right? And different. That's what God's created us. And we praise the Lord for that. You know, that's what we should be telling our children, by the way. They're unique. God has made them special. God has made them who He wants them to be. Praise God for that. God's given them gifts. God's given them talents. Praise God for those gifts and those talents that God's given them. Let me get back to where I was going here. Our responsibility is to take the gospel out to each and every individual. Even if they don't agree with us. Even if we don't agree with them on certain issues. They have a soul. They need to be saved. And we need to make sure that they know that they can be saved and that God can work in their life as well. And that's what we find here with Samaria. They were to take the gospel to this group of people that they just didn't get along with and they didn't like. Uh, by the way, let me give you one illustration on this that I think is good. I talked to a man years back uh, whose daughter was murdered, killed. And he struggled with that. You know, there's some things I can relate to. I can't relate to that. I just can't. And he struggled with that. He said it took him over 15 years before he could find forgiveness in his heart. He said he talked. He said within a few years he talked about how he, you know, he forgave. He said, I didn't forgive. He goes, I just talked about it. He goes, it took me 15 years before I could forgive. And then he told me this. He said, I knew I forgave that individual. He goes, when I began to think, yeah, I'd like to see him in heaven. He said, I knew my heart had healed and that I had forgiven him because I wanted him to be saved and I wanted him to go to heaven. He goes, but it took me a while to get there. Folks, we all have issues we deal with. And that's why we need the power of the Spirit. So we can set those aside. And we can go forward and tell others about the gospel. Whether we 
agree with them on things, disagree, whether they're honored to us, whether we are threatened by them, or whether we are friends with them. We to take the gospel to each and every individual. I mentioned this, uh, I'll mention this again. A few weeks ago, I went to a conference about a month ago down in Dallas. And you know, I hadn't met too many missionaries going into Afghanistan and Iran and in the Middle East in those areas. Ran into three of them down there. Let's pray for those men. I may have some of them up here soon so they can present their ministry to us. But let's pray for those men that are going into these countries that, you know what, politically speaking, as a a United States of America, it's difficult for us to agree with some of the things there, but those are souls. And those souls are, they may be threatened, the missionaries going in. And so let's pray that they can take the gospel to them because they, they need to hear the gospel too. Finally, notice the uttermost. It says the uttermost part of the earth, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the uttermost part of the earth. That, that just tells us to take the gospel everywhere. Now, we can do this, I believe, through missions. Obviously, we tell people uh, you know, every day in our own life, but we can get involved in giving to missions. Uh, the thought with modern missions, the way we do it through our church, is you, know, you may not be called to go to, well, as we said, Afghanistan or some other country. But if someone else is, you may say, I can help them get there. And so we as a church give to missions above and beyond, you know, our tithe and offering. We encourage people to pray and, and to give to missions as the Lord would lead and if they're able to. And then that money goes directly to our missionaries that we support so that they can go to a field where we can't go or we're not called to go to and they can take the gospel there and we can help them get there. And so that's a one way we can reach the world, that we can reach the world uh, today in our generation. Uh, let me give you a final thought here. And I put this up here. Uh, you know, if we're going to carry out this commission, we need the persistence of God. God's people need to be persistent. Okay, We just need to be persistent in this. And what I mean by this is we just have to get busy, folks. We just have to get busy. We've got to take the gospel out. And I encourage you, if you're already being a witness, continue being a witness. Let this be an encouragement to you that you're already involved. Be faithful. If you're not being a witness, look for opportunities where you can share the gospel uh, with somebody else. You know, there are lost souls all around us, lost souls all around you. You, Wherever you go tomorrow, we're probably all going to go different directions. Wherever you go, there's probably going to be lost souls around you. Opportunities that you can share the gospel with somebody else. You know, the Bible tells us, John 4, verse 35, and this is Christ speaking here he says, uh, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. He, he shared that with his apostles when the Samaritans were coming in after he had gotten water from the Samaritan woman at the well. He says, look, the fields are white already to harvest. You know, I think today that's something that we can still say. The fields are white to harvest. There are so many souls out there that need Christ, that, that need hope. They need help. And if you have Christ, you can share that with them. The question is, are you working in the fields? That's the challenge I want to give to you this morning. Are you working in the fields? Are you looking for places where you can be a witness? I'll I'll leave you with one illustration. We'll have an invitation. Uh, George Stott. Stott is his name. A missionary to China for many years. Uh, over 26 years, and he was a one-legged missionary. That's what they used to call him because he had uh, one leg that had been amputated, and he only had had one leg, Uh, and he was a one-legged missionary. Now, before he went to the mission field, he was a school teacher, taught for many years. He was from Scotland, and he volunteered to go to China. That's where he ended up going. And for 26 years, he spread the gospel in China, saw many souls saved. At the end of his ministry, someone once asked him, he says, "Uh, why did you, with only one leg, why did you go to China? And here's what his response. He said, well... I didn't see those with two legs going, so I must. Isn't that interesting? 
We can make excuses sometimes of why we don't go. But you know what? If God's called us, let's go. Let's be a witness. Let's be a testimony. You know, he spent more than 20 years on the field serving the Lord. And I believe we could do great things for God if we just go forward. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.